Hi there, hello and welcome back to Simply Rejoice. My name is Rejoice and I feel like it's one of those names that people just like to sing whatever songs you sing, like, um, what's that song? Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel. I don't know if I, if I got that tune right or if I mixed it with something else. Um, but yeah, that is my actual name. <laughs> Um, today we are going to be talking about prayer and fasting and kind of like you know why do you pray and fast what's the point of prayer and fasting all of that like jazz and snaz I hope that's a saying jazz and snaz um, maybe prayer and fasting is something that you've done in the past or maybe you haven't done it um, and this is like the first time you're listening to it or maybe like what the, the boat that I was kind of in like you'd done it before or you'd heard of it before you grew up with the concept if you grew up like going to church or in a christian family or catholic do catholics fast i don't know if catholics fast um but you know maybe you've grown up in that concept but never really like done it for yourself or really like understood the purpose of it um and maybe even up to now (laughs) and i feel like it's definitely one of those concepts that like every year like the lord kind of like he builds on my understanding um of prayer and fasting or like fasting for different purposes or doing it for different purposes and and stuff like that so I want to share all of that kind of in this podcast episode here um so hopefully you can leave this after listening to this um feeling like you have an understanding of what prayer and fasting is and why it can be good for you specifically like in your specific case because I hope that my reasons are relatable to other people as well Um, and especially as young adults like you know we experience a lot of things don't we we experience a lot of stuff and a lot of stuff is going on in our mind Um, and you might you know struggle with like unbelief sometimes like doubting God or um, just feeling like certain urges and like you know let's call it out like sin like sinful urges stuff like that you know when it comes to stuff like uh, I feel like as a young person like common stuff you can feel around like sin can be things like masturbation it could be like actual sex itself like maybe you're struggling like you just keep having sex and you don't really want to or you don't understand why you should give it up or whatnot um or it can be like even like with food like gluttony like overeating like binge eating stuff like that I've definitely like I I I'm I binge ate a number of times in the past it's something that I struggled with for a really long time um, and I'm trying to like, you know, get out of it now. And is it's a journey? It's a journey. So like, you know, that, um, or, you know, it can be even like with, uh, maybe like money and like overspending stuff like that, you know, um, or just, you know, doing things to like, just self gratify yourself, like in this moment, because it just feels good to do it right now. Like, for example, even like binging shows on like Netflix or something for like long periods of time, like, there's so much that we deal with, isn't there? And I actually think that prayer and fasting can, um, it touches on and helps to deal with all of these various different subjects in different ways, depending on how it is that we want to approach um, our season, like that season of prayer and fasting. Um, and it can just be so helpful to us in so many different ways. Um, but yeah, before I dive into that, I do want to just say that, like I said, this was Simply Rejoice. And if you haven't like come across this podcast before, um, I basically just like to um, share like, you know, it's just unfiltered conversations or chats, that type of thing about like Christian life and various topics of like lifestyle, you know, as a Christian and 
as a young adult. So if that's something that you're into um, and learning like how we can approach different areas of our life, like with the word of God, like overcoming them with the word of God or getting the help and wisdom from the word of God, then that's kind of what I like to look on and what I like to look at. And I hope to like bring more people on here as well to, um, yeah, to be able to share like testimonies and share like what God is doing in their life, how they are seeking God and how, um, yeah, just living out this life experience, like walking with God, because honestly, it's the best thing ever. It's life transforming and it can do us so, so, so much good. And and with that, I do have these podcasts, like wherever it is that you're listening or watching this right now, it is available on YouTube as well as like Spotify, Apple Podcasts and all the general podcast platforms. So whatever method it is that you prefer to um, consume podcasts on, you can head over there, whether that's just putting it in the background or actually sitting down and watching the video version on YouTube, then you can do that as well. Um, So yeah, let us like, let's talk about, you know, prayer and fasting now. Let's talk about it. Um... So, like I said, this is a topic that I I feel like God has been, you know, showing me more and more and more about. Um, and so I want to share kind of like the revelation that I had specifically last year in regards to um, prayer and fasting. Um, there's so many, I feel like this is one thing, like as recording this and as talking about this right now, it's January 2022 right and it's always like at the beginning of the year that many many churches will go and do prayer and fasting you know sessions like they'll call out like it's a brand new year this year we're going to pray and fast pray and fast for like 21 days or like for a month or maybe like a week or something like that and they might do another you know lot of prayer and fasting again later on in the year and maybe you just participate in it without actually understanding what it is I know that's what I did for the longest time I would just pray and fast or like you know do the business, but without actually knowing like anything about it. And my dad, oh my gosh, my dad, I love my dad. He makes this comment. So both my parents are pastors, my mom and my dad. Um, and my dad, like one thing that he kind of taught, taught me and my sister um, a few years ago when we were young, he used to say like, when you're praying and fasting, if you're not actually praying or like seeking God in the season of prayer and fasting, um, but you're just like fasting, like say food, then you're actually just on a hunger strike like you're just on a hunger strike you're just not eating or not eating whatever it is that you're eating maybe you're just on a diet that's all you're doing you're just on a diet <laughs> so it actually is so important to like the prayer part of praying and fasting and like seeking god you know within the praying and fasting is so important it's not just about not eating food or not watching tv or not watching netflix or not going on social media or, you know, whatever type of fast it is that you're doing. It's not just about like the activity itself that you're giving up, but it's also about what you're doing instead of that activity or what it is that you're focusing on doing even more during that period of time that you've set aside and dedicated to be fasting. Because I feel like the juice and the richness comes from the thing that you choose to do instead. Not so much from Oh, actually, can I say not so much? I want to say not so much from the thing that you're denying and the thing that you're letting go, but it comes from because you're letting that thing go and doing something else, like focusing on something else, um, which would be the seeking God and the praying side of things, that that's where like the richness and the fruit and uh, the growth and development and breakthroughs and everything that you're hoping to get during the prayer and fa- praying and fasting period um, actually develops and comes about, really. Um, and you can learn a lot of stuff when you're, when you're seeking God in that kind of like intense way too. Uh, so... Okay, one of the first things, um, th- if I'm summarizing, kind of like, okay, the two things that um, I want to come to the conclusion of, of like how prayer and fasting can help you. So let me tell you the two things first, and then we'll go into, I'll talk about one and talk about the other. So 
Um, two things. First of all, praying and fasting can help to deal with unbelief, which impedes on faith. So if you're struggling with like unbelief or like doubting God, like having issues of like believing God's word or or maybe you do believe and you do believe like the things that God's word says and his promises that he has for us and, uh, you know, um, you know, all sorts of stuff, you know, breakthrough, this, that and the other. Maybe you do believe and you have faith, but you kind of like you're a bit double minded in it. So like you have faith and you believe, but you're also struggling a bit with unbelief Um, praying and fasting can help to deal with that. It can help to change up the situation there in an awesome way and to help you to not have as much unbelief or to like deal with that more so that you can believe more and just have more faith and not be double-minded that's the first thing and the second thing that praying and fasting helps you with is it gives way to the spirit so like the spirit like god's spirit lives in us we're one spirit with god now like we're one with god and praying and fasting can give more way to the spirit and loosen the control of the flesh. So loosen the control of our flesh um, and by giving more power to the spirit so that we can follow our our like spiritual mind. So follow the spirit in our mind more and have more self-control and stuff over our flesh. And by that, I mean like urges that you might feel like, for example, if we touch on like, you know, sex and sexual stuff and lust and masturbation, that type of thing, just because that's a you know huge topic. And I feel like almost everyone kind of deals with this in some type of way, shape or the other. But like um, praying and fasting can help to, um, can help in the process of like self, like, you giving more power to the spirit so following the spirit and what the spirit says and and not following your your urges so not following like your flesh like what your flesh wants to do but learning to follow what your spirit says and to have self-control over your flesh in you know situations and times when you're feeling types of way when stuff you know starts to bubble up and and even also in times when um maybe you're starting to think a certain type of way. So like controlling your mind, controlling your thoughts, like taking your thoughts captive, which, you know, the Bible talks about taking your, co- your, clo- your clothes. <laughs> I was about to say, take your clothes captive. Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, I mean, that might be a good thing, but like, yes, but taking your thoughts captive and submitting them to the word of God. Oh my gosh. Taking your clothes captive. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> Gosh, I am too funny. Anyway, um, so in looking at the first, you know, the first thing there, the first thing about how prayer and fasting can help us to overcome um, unbelief um, and deal with doubt. Um, I wanted to, and I want to read out a scripture from Mark chapter nine, um, verses 17 to 29, because I feel like this, this is Jesus here. So like this story is off um, Jesus. So there's, there's a demon possessed, possessed boy and his dad basically comes up to Jesus and is like, um, yo, I need help. I need help. Can you, you know, heal my son? Can you cast this demon out? Um, and Jesus talks on the subject. And I like this passage because it touches on things such as like, it touches on unbelief. It touches on doubt. It touches on faith. Um, and it also touches on prayer and fasting as well. Um, so I just think it's so key to like read this whole thing out. I'll read it out to you in the New King James Version. Um, oh, okay, yeah. One thing with this is, 
it, this account can also be found in Matthew and I think it can also be found in Luke as well. So I think it's Matthew, Mark and Luke. Um, all three basically, they, you know, they capture the same account, but obviously they capture it, um, only parts of it. Like some catches some part of it, some catches other parts of it. I like the Mark version because I feel like it captures like the whole thing, like all of it. Um, but I'd also say with this one, be careful of what version of the Bible you read, because some certain versions will leave out certain parts. And that's why I like the new King James version and the King James version of this specific account, because it's clear about prayer and fasting. Other accounts will literally just leave out fasting. They'll just say prayer. Um, and then I think even in like some of the other versions, it might be like Matthew, they don't even like mention prayer and fasting, which I just think, why do people cut things out of the Bible? Like, I don't understand that. Why some translation just cut stuff out. But anyway, I'm going to read this from the New King James Version, um, which is brilliant. Um, so yeah, that's Mark 9, 17 to 28. And it says... Then one of the crowded, one of the crowd answered and said, teacher, I brought you my son. So this is the man that came up to Jesus. He was like, I brought you my son who has a mute spirit. And whenever it seizes him, it throws him down and he foams off the mouth, gashing his, gashes his teeth and becomes rigid. So I spoke to your disciples, this is Jesus' disciples, um, um, that they should cast it out, that they should cast it out, but they couldn't, like they could not cast, you know, the spirit out. And then Jesus answered him and said, oh, faithless. Some, you know, translations also say um, doubtful or doubting, like, oh, faithless or or doubting generation, how long shall I be with you? This is what Jesus was saying. How long do I have to bear with you or put up with you? bring me that boy, like bring him to me. And then they brought the boy to Jesus. And when he saw Jesus, the boy immediately, the spirit convulsed him and he fell on the ground and wallowed and foamed and what started foam at the mouth. And so Jesus asked his father, the boy's father, how long has this been happening to him? And he said from childhood, and often he has been, he's thrown him into the fire, into the water, you know, to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And then Jesus said to him, if you can believe all things are possible to him who believes. So Jesus, I love that phrase. Jesus said, if you believe, or if you can believe all things are possible to him who believes. And immediately the father of the child cried out and said in tears, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. And when Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit saying, deaf and dumb spirit, I command you to come out of him and enter no and enter him no more. Then the spirit cried out, convulsed, um, convulsed him greatly and came out of him. So the spirit came out of the boy. And he became as one who was dead. And then that so many people were saying, he's dead. Like they thought the boy was dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up, lifted him up. And the boy, he arose. And when he came, when uh, he, that's Jesus, when he came into the house, his disciples asked him privately, but, but why couldn't we cast it out? And I find this quite, this is cool, right? Okay, this is dope. And um, because the disciples, as we can read in other, you know, scriptures in the Bible and the gospels, we could see the disciples actually were going around and like, you know, casting out demons, laying the hand on the sick and they were receiving like the healing power of God and stuff. So praying, 
um, over people and casting out, you know, demons. And so it was something that the disciples actually did do and they were doing. But in this case, they weren't able to do it. And that's why they were, you know, so concerned and they came up to Jesus and they were like, but, but why, why couldn't we do it? Like, I don't understand. Like, why could we not cast him out? And so in verse 29, it says, and so Jesus said to them, this kind come out by nothing but prayer and fasting. That's the key. You hear prayer and fasting? It's dope. It's cool. And so when it's talking about this, right? Okay. In fact, some, some other scriptures, oh, I should have brought this, 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 um, this other account up, right? Um, I believe it's either the Matthew or maybe the Luke account, it says what it actually highlights what Jesus said again, like if you had faith as small as a mustard seed, as a mustard seed, then you would be able to, to like basically, I think he said move a mountain in, in that case. Um, but what the, what the disciples were dealing with in this case is they had the faith, right? They had the faith. And so they were able to do things and that's how they were able to, um, and they were, you know, casting out demons around but in this instance the reason they couldn't is because they had unbelief and that's what was impeding upon their faith unbelief and so when Jesus said this kind can come out by nothing but prayer and fasting he wasn't referring to the demon saying that this demon this type of demon can only come out by prayer and fasting because mm, that's not quite right but what Jesus was referring to, and I really wish I'd brought the other scripture here so that I could like properly talk about it. And But what Jesus was referring to is the unbelief. Because as, as I've just said, these disciples, they were already, you know, they were used to, you know, praying for people and casting out demons and stuff like that. But in this instance, they couldn't. And it, there was, as we can see, there's, there's a lot that was going on here. This demon would literally be throwing the boy, the boy left, right and center. And Jesus clearly said in verse 23, he said, if you believe, then all things are possible to him who believes. But as we can see, the father replied back to Jesus and said, I believe, but help my unbelief. And so one thing that prayer and fasting can do is to deal with unbelief, especially unbelief when it comes to a lot of like natural things because I mean you know when you can see a situation and the situation just looks so skewed from what the word of God is saying it can actually throw you off just by your senses you can be thrown off by like what's going on right and so it's so easy like when you can see all of these you know things going on and and stuff where it can just start to like kind of like not make you afraid but kind of be like oh you know doubt a little bit like oh my gosh like really like is this, is this possible? Is this what's going on? But when you have faith, and it's talking about pure faith, just faith, very, very small faith, that's like, you know, unhindered by unbelief and not double-minded and all that kind of stuff, so much can happen. You can move, like Jesus said, you can move a mountain with such little faith and uh, and great things can happen, really. And so the, the issue then that we have is unbelief. And I also really like in, in James, right? In James, um, I think it's James chapter one, it talks about, or chapter two or chapter three, one, it's somewhere in James, one of those um, three or four chapters there. And it talks about wisdom. And the Bible is very clear when it says and talks about being double-minded, right? So in James, it says like, if you want wisdom, pray for wisdom. 
Um, but in your praying for wisdom, you need to believe that God will give you wisdom to so be expectant of it and um, not doubting that he won't. Not doubting that he won't. So you have to believe that you will receive and not have like doubt in you. Unbelief in itself. And I want to, I think I might dive into this in like another podcast even more because it's something that I'm kind of walking out right now and, and, um, and learning in one of my personal situations trying to deal with you know unbelief and not having it anymore but unbelief on its own impedes on faith so it actually hinders so you can have you can have faith it's like it's like a weight right it's like a weight like it's pulling one way like faith is pulling you one way but if you have unbelief or you have like doubt or you're like double-minded in something it's sort of pulling you the other way and that's why the bible is like it talks a lot about not being double-minded and uh, in Matthew 6 it talks about when it comes to who you're serving it says you can either serve one master or the other which in in that account is talking about you can either serve God or money um, and you shouldn't be double-minded in it because whoever it is that you're serving when you automatically serve one then you'll be rejecting the other or you won't be following the other and so in in the same matter when it comes to faith and unbelief we need to be we need to be you know single-minded in faith and doing what we can to get rid of the unbelief to get rid of doubt so that we can only so that we can believe only that's it so that we can believe only and not deal with doubt and so the question then is okay so we're talking about praying and fasting we're talking about how like praying and fasting can deal with unbelief but how exactly is it that it deals with unbelief I feel like let me talk about the second bit first the second reason and then it will tie a little bit more because both of them kind of tie in together looking at you know flesh and spirit and and how how to basically conquer all of that how to conquer all of that in one and so the second reason and the second thing that praying and fasting helps with is to give way to the spirit and to loosen the control of your flesh so that you can have more self-control over your mind and self-control over your actions and so you can walk and follow the spirit and so with this I want to read um from Romans chapter 7 and also a bit in Romans chapter 8 and I want to specifically read from the New Living Translation um just because I like the way that it phrases some of the bits in there um and in my bible actually it says well I'm reading this from a on my notes on my laptop but um that the NLT it titles it struggling with sin and it says from Romans 7 chapter um, Romans chapter 7 verses 14 it says so the trouble is not with the law for the law is spiritual and good but the trouble is with me for I am all too human a slave to sin I don't really understand myself for I want to do what is right but I don't do it. And instead I do what I hate. And this is Paul, by the way, this is Paul. He's um, writing to the Romans um, and he's talking about this issue of like struggling with sin. Like how can you deal with sin? And I feel like those sen- those sentences there about, you know, wanting to do the right thing, but we don't do the right thing is something that pretty much almost everyone can relate to. I definitely could put my hand up and say, that's something that I relate to. And verse 16 carries on and it says, but if I know that what I'm doing is wrong, This shows that I agree with the law and the law is God's word, by the way, it's the Bible. And I agree that the law is good. I agree what it says is good. So I'm not the one who's doing the wrong, but it's the sin living in me that does it. So it's that sinful desire in us that is pushing us to do the thing that is wrong. 
basically. Verse 18 says, and I know that nothing good lives in me that is in my sinful nature. And I want to do what is right, but you know, for some reason I can't. And I want to do what is good, but I just, I don't. And I want to do, I don't want to do what's wrong, but I do it anyway. But if I do what I don't want to do, am I really the one doing wrong? It is the sin in me that is doing it. Verse 21, I have discovered this principle of life that when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. I love God's law with all my heart, but there is another power within me that is at war in my mind. (laughs) Do some of us feel like that sometimes? This power makes me a slave to the sin that's that's still within me. Oh, what a miserable person I am. Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? Thank God the answer is in Jesus Christ, our Lord. So you see how it is. In my mind, I really want to obey God's law. He wants to do what's right. But because of my sinful nature, I'm a slave to sin. Chapter 8, verse 1. So now there is no condemnation to him who belongs to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him, the power of the living spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. And I'm just going to skip on to verse um, 5 from chapter 8. So those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things, but those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death, but letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. For the sinful nature is always hostile to God. It never did obey God's law and it never will. And that is why those who are still under the control of the sinful nature can never please God. But you are not controlled by your sinful nature. So this is talking about believers, all believers. If you're a born again Christian, if you love Jesus with your life and your heart, your soul, everything, and you've received him into your life, then this is saying that, you know, we're not controlled by our sinful nature anymore We ha- because we have the spirit of God that's living in us. And so um, we can follow the spirit, but let me read on. And it will just basically say that in the Bible rather than me speaking it. <laughs> As I said, verse nine, but you're not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the spirit if you have the spirit of God living in you. And remember that those who do not have the spirit of Christ living in them do not fully belong to him at all. And Christ lives within you. So even though your body will die because of sin, the spirit gives you life because you have been made right with God. The spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies in the same spirit, uh, um, to your mortal bodies by this same spirit that is living within you. Therefore, brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. For if you live by its dictates, you will die. But if through the power of the spirit, you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. 
For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. I mean, how awesome is that scripture? Like, this is just some real juice here right now. Like, this this is just some real good word. This is some real good word that's coming about here. And I love it because it's calling us to, like, to live for the Spirit. And it's saying that, you know, even though, like, you might have these desires and these things and these urges that make you feel like you just want to um, do, you know, those things that you don't actually want to do, like these urges that's just kind of pulling you forward. This is clearly saying that as you know, as a Christian, as a born again Christian, someone who's received Christ into your life, you have the spirit of God in you. And so you don't have to live to follow those sinful urges. You don't have to live to those things anymore, but you can, and you have that choice and that option to live for the spirit. And you know, because we have the spirit of God living in us, like God, we have the strength of God. We have the grace of God. We've got the empowerment to be able to follow the spirit, right? The scripture, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. We can walk for, walk and choose to live for the spirit and choose to follow in the spirit and to walk in line with the spirit because we have Christ. We have Christ Jesus living in us and he can give us the strength, the grace and the empowerment to do that. And, you know, just to put a little tease, tease, a little bit, a little bit of, you know, a little nugget in here, just real quick, like we can do that, right? And like I said, we've got the power of God living in us in order to do that. And in order for us to to experience this grace, this grace empowerment, as I like to call it, it comes when you take a step of faith. You gotta, you gotta step out. When you take a step of faith in that direction, you'll find it as you're moving in that direction of following the spirit, you find the momentum a lot more easier because it's great. It's God's grace that's empowering you and giving you strength and so on to push forward. That's just a little nugget to add, to add into there. But as I was saying, because we have the spirit of God that's living in us, so we don't have to live for the, for the spirit, for the um, sinful nature and so on. And so now the thing is, the things of God, the things of the spirit, right? They are so opposed to the things of like the flesh and of sin, of sinful nature. And those two are always in, a, in you know, they're always fighting against each other. And honestly, I feel like with almost everything, like you're either living for one or you're living for the other, like actions will either take you towards one or will take you towards the other. And the amazing thing is because Jesus died on the cross for us and God knew that we could never be perfect in ourselves. Even if we do, you know, make those mistakes and we do like, you know slip into things slip into sin this that and the other like God has so much redeeming grace for us to help us to to get out of there he has so much redeeming grace he forgives us he's forgiven us he's forgiven us for all of our sin that was a one-time payment that Jesus did on the cross he forgave us for all of our sin that does not mean that it gives us you know the permission to now like do whatever we want and to live however we want because no like if your heart is for God then the hope is and your heart is truly for God. The hope is that you now desire to want to live for God. But in that journey of wanting to live for God, there are times that, you know, things won't go as well and we might slip off and whatnot. But that just means that we can stand back up, receive God's forgiveness, dust dust ourselves and ask God for the empowerment and the grace to now continue to, to take us in the direction of walking and following the spirit. And because of all of that, and God also, his grace is so good that it actually it empowers us to be able to break off from these things, to be able to loosen off from these desires, to loosen off from things, from, from all sorts of stuff that might have us captive. And, and as we can see in like in this translation here, it, it, it said in verse five, it says, those who are dominated by the sinful nature, 
think about sinful things. So those people or those, those who slip into these kind of like stuff, slip into sin and find yourself maybe in like the sexual sins or find yourself in like, uh, maybe it could be stuff like pride, like, oh gosh, that's something that I, I deal with. And then I'll try, I try to get some help with it, you know, try, try and get some help from Jesus, you know, with, it, with like pride um, and other stuff, people who, who fall into, you know, all sorts of like, all sorts of sin. It, it comes from, you know, thinking about these sinful things. And I quite like that scripture because a lot of these things, a lot of these things comes down to our mind. It comes down to the way we think. And the podcast that I just did, the episode that I did before this one here was all about like how to live a spirit filled life. And in that I talked about like the renewing of your mind, what that means, how that's important. And this is so perfect here as well, because whenever it is that we, we slip into sin, it just shows how much we need to renew our minds. It's because our minds are not set on the things of the spirit. Our minds are set on other things, or maybe our minds are set on the things of the spirit, but we're still entertaining some other bits that triggers and that makes us, you know, kind of like, you know, slip around and whatnot, whatnot. Or even you could just be, you know, walking around temptation and constantly being around temptation of which that topic of temptation is huge. It's huge. And God tells us in his word, he says to flee from temptation. And I like the fact that he says flee from temptation because he's not even saying, he's like, he's not even saying like flee from, you know, when you're in temptation or like when you're getting tempted, flee from you know, the thing that you're tempted to do, but he's saying flee from temptation itself. Like don't even put yourself in a situation where you might get tempted. Do you know what I mean? It's not when you're tempted or like be in a situation like you're tempted and then decide not to. It's saying like, just don't even step into that. And like, I, I like to say like this one example. Okay. Like I'm a huge sweet tooth. I love, I love sweet food. Cake is my favorite food. Cake is my favorite food in the flipping world. Is it? I like salmon as well, but cake is very, very nice. And potatoes, but who like, anyway, I'm going off. Cake is so, so taste, tasty, right? Um, but if I'm going for a period where I'm not eating cake or where I'm like, try not to eat cake, I, I, why would I step into a bakery? If I go to a bakery or I go into the baking section or something like that, it's all just going to tempt me, right? If you're not hungry, stay out of the kitchen. Like don't even go into the kitchen. If you're not hungry, if you're not, if you're not hungry and you don't want to eat and you try not to eat, don't go into the kitchen. And so it's kind of like the same principle with like some of these, like, I know it's a very simplistic way of looking at it, but when it comes to a lot of like these, like other types of sins and stuff that we're dealing with um, and stuff that we might come into, like, um, like sexual sins, for example, like, um, I know with myself, like whenever I'm watching certain shows or romantic stuff, it triggers things. It triggers a lot of stuff, which makes me just like kind of think and contemplate some of these things. Do you know what I mean? And it's not something I'm doing on purpose and I'm not trying to, but subconsciously, because I've watched this thing, it's triggering. And like later on when I'm asleep, I might be thinking about certain things. You know what I mean? And so, and flee from temptation. So like, don't even put yourself in a situation where you might be triggered to think about some of these things because as a man thinks, so he is. So like, however it is that whatever we're thinking in our brains, whatever we're entertaining in our minds, whatever, like, like the scripture said, if our minds are, are set and th- are thinking on these sinful things, then, you know, that's what we're going to live out in our actions without knowing it. Like before, before we know it, like that's what we're going to live out. That's what we're going to act on. And um, whoa, I received a little bit of, a little bit of conviction there when I was uh, saying that <laughs> for myself. And um, but yeah, and so, and that's why like, you know, the rest of that verse, Romans um, 
8 verses 5 it says but those who are controlled by the holy spirit think about the things that please the spirit and we can see like in i think it's philippians i want to say philippians chapter 4 um probably like is it like verses 8 9 somewhere somewhere there i think it is where it says it's calling us to like think on things that are good that are pleasing um that um yeah things that are good pleasing and pure it might be somewhere else but i think i think that's where it is like it's highlighting that what we our thoughts what we should be having our minds on and what we should be thinking about is things that please the spirits things that are good things that are pleasing things that are pure like do we do we really think do you think about stuff that's pure i know sometimes i don't and i'm trying to think about more pure things and that's something that you know as young adults, as we continue to seek God and we continue to do life with him, we should be striving to thinking on, thinking on things that are pure. Because as we think on these things that are pure here, we'll be more and more controlled by the Holy Spirit. Like we'll be able to, to make choices that are in line with the Spirit and that walk in line with the Spirit and so on and so forth. And so coming back to praying and fasting now, how is it that, how does that connect in, right? How does it help? Where does prayer and fasting like basically take place with this so in a period of praying and fasting of which we can see this loads of people that did you know various different and um, fasts. so daniel he did a daniel fast i think it was 21 days long and you see moses he fasted when he went out to get the 10 commandments and jesus fasted when he went out and he was tempted by by the devil in the desert and what praying and fasting does right fasting particularly is a way of like self-control over your body it's self-control over your body so when you are fasting something like like uh like like food um certain foods and whatnot um it's really helpful because your body your flesh your flesh oh i didn't say this actually but that roman scripture the romans uh, chapter eight and so on some translations they don't say sinful nature they say flesh because it's basically it's one and the other thing carnal minded being carnally minded you know, sinful nature or flesh, it all refers to the same thing, right? But so what you can do is during this fasting period, you're saying no to your flesh. You're saying no to these urges, like intentionally and properly, because maybe in your day-to-day life, like you want to say no to these urges, but it's hard and you don't, and you, you end up not saying no to these urges. But in a period where you say, I'm going to pray and fast during this select period of time, you're saying for the next 21 days or for the next week or how long I'm intentionally going to fast and and learn to say no to my body and through learning to say no to your body during this fasting period so that can say learning to say no whenever you're feeling hungry and you say no I'm fasting until 6 p.m every single day so lunchtime hits your belly's rumbling all your body wants to do is eat but you're saying no we are fasting And I'm talking about spiritual empowerment fasting, right? I'm not just talking about like hunger striking, like intentionally, like you're doing this with the Lord with fasting, right? You're saying no. The more you do that, you are teaching yourself, you're teaching your body to to not lead you, to not be the thing that dictates you, but to let your mind and your spirit dictate you. And how is it that you're letting your spirit dictate you? Because praying and fasting is a spiritual activity. So in that time, you're saying, nope, body we're not doing this we're listening to our spirit because we're following this spiritual activity right now so we are not going to eat you might be hungry but you know what there's a scripture that says man cannot live on bread alone but he lives on everywhere that comes from the from the um from basically from the bible from god's mouth and and so until 6 p.m today we are fasting 
simple as simple as and through doing you know these kind of things through through learning to deny your body intentionally denying your flesh and intentionally denying those um desires and so on for set periods of time in order to follow what your spirit says you get stronger it's like this you have self-control because we have the spirit of god and spirit self-control is part of the spirit of god and you know um, i forgot what scripture it is but it says that you've not been given the um you've not been um given you your spirit you've not been given what does it say the spirit of like timidity but you've been given power love and a sound mind which some um some translations say power love and self-control like you have self-control in your spirit you can do this we have the spirit of god the spirit of christ that can nudge us on encourage us and build us on in order to be able to do these things and so you are able to exercise self-control over your flesh and follow the spirit and so fasting and when you're praying and fasting those periods it's you intentionally exercising self-control in order to give way to the spirit and following what the spirit says so saying saying no to the flesh and and with that there's different types of fast that you can do so you can choose like you can do a daniel fast where there's certain foods that you just don't eat you can do half day fast where you only fast until a particular time of the day you could do total fast where you're just drinking water but those i think those you probably have to seek a little bit more medical um, advice on that and I don't recommend you do that for a long period of time I know some people do it maybe for a day or two um but yeah I'd say do a bit more research before you go into doing total fasts but certainly half day fasts or um half day fasts or other certain like food fasts or even like fasting like social media and um, tv netflix stuff like that is also very valuable in the process of teaching your flesh like denying your flesh in order to follow the spirit and follow what the spirit says and so that bit is the bit about controlling your flesh right that's the good thing and so let's flip it back onto and focus on the prayer side of things on the seeking god side of things which is going to connect really nicely with the unbelief and what we were saying and so in this period now you're denying your flesh and you're practicing and exercising self-control, which is so beautiful and it does really, really great things for you. Like when, especially when you're like you're empowered by the by the spirit and you're whenever actually anytime you make a decision to not follow the flesh and to follow the spirit instead, it does such great things for you. It's just it's just amazing, right? And so prayer and seeking God. So now you're saying instead of doing these activities, right? And during this period of intentionally denying my my uh, my flesh, I'm going to spend extra time or spend time, because maybe you don't normally spend time because life is busy and sometimes life gets a bit. It takes us. It takes us. You know, it takes us. And so maybe you're saying I'm going to intentionally spend time seeking God in His Word, and that is so key and so powerful. And I one of like my personal theories as to why I feel like praying and fasting is really really powerful. For the reason that I just said, but also I think it's really, really powerful because we are intentionally focusing on God with like almost undivided attention, focusing on God only and like properly seeking God. And I really believe that any time that we choose to just focus on God and any time that we choose to intentionally seek and focus on God, it just like amazing things happen because our faith is being built up. And as we see, faith pleases God. But also, as we've just talked about how faith moves mountains, even just small ounce, a little bit of faith does so much good. It does so, so, so much good. And in terms of like dealing with unbelief, right? 
there's um where is it there's there's a there's a scripture in romans that says um faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of god right so if faith is something that you want to build up if you want to like build up and have more faith like believe in god more in his word then you have to be hearing the word of god you need to you that comes from the more you know the word the more you know faith is being built up essentially the more because now you know more you're able to draw on that more and it's like more of a foundation rather than just having like loosey-goosey faith on like just general kind of like general knowledge what you think you know what you think you've heard and whatnot when you the more you hear the word the more you're actually getting the concreteness because you can come back to that word and say to whatever you know whatever might be trying to like you know come at you you can come back and say no because the bible and the word of god says this and so therefore this is what i believe this is what i'm standing on and that is faith right there being able to do that and so with 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 unbelief with unbelief unbelief is it comes in so many different like ways shapes and forms it can be like the devil just like planting like a seed of doubt in your head like really though are you sure though like for real though and the way to conquer unbelief is with the word when when you have if for example if someone if someone came up to you and they said this is such a stupid example but let's go with it if someone came up to you and they said oh um if you go into mcdonald's you all the burgers there are so expensive they're like six pounds you can be like nah pull up the mcdonald's menu on your phone look here there's a burger for 99p right you basically just combated the comment that someone said with the truth by pulling out the mcdonald's menu okay and so in the same way such a stupid example but in the same way whenever you have this doubtful thought that plants into your head that the devil might be trying to plant into your head or someone might you know say something negative thought you can say nah pull out a scripture because you know exactly which scripture and say this is the truth here boom and just like that that's how you deal with unbelief by pulling out scriptures by stating, by speaking the truth, by highlighting the truth. And this is something that I'm like trying to practice a lot more in my mind right now, in my head, where there's periods of times where like I'll get like a certain thought and it will kind of like be making me feel a little bit down or like doubting what I'm believing for and what I'm, you know, praying and like, you know, really believing God for. And, but on the other hand, I'm then like the Holy Spirit, like, quickly reminds me of like a particular scripture or like something from the bible that i'm like oh yeah i read that up and then i go i google it really quickly find the scripture read it maybe read a commentary on it and as i'm reading it and i'm like reading this truth and it's like oh yeah yeah oh yeah god is there yeah god says this god says that i can i can it's like i can weirdly feel this doubt and this thought kind of like getting smaller and smaller and diminishing because now i'm speaking the truth over it and the truth is overriding it. And I'm not believing what that's saying because I'm looking at the truth. And so I'm believing the truth more. And so the reason why, you know, like praying and fasting can help with unbelief is because you go through these periods where that is what you're focused on doing. Because normally in your day-to-day life, maybe you might, you know, let life get with you, let, let life get away from you. You're just kind of like busy with it, with it, whatnot. You might have these doubtful thoughts and stuff come in, but you're not really intentional on, 
on you know combating them maybe you entertain them I mean we we do that sometimes like I know like in myself like and for the longest period of time particularly I'd say for like the last like year or two or so like I have been entertaining certain doubtful thoughts without knowing it and like not intentionally really like bringing the word of God to like speak over the thoughts that these thoughts and these ways of thinking kind of almost became part of like just my brain until like the Lord kind of like shook me up and woke me up and was like look rejoice look look at what you've been entertaining like look at what your brain thinks and I'm like hang on like I know that's not true because I know this is in the word but I just I hadn't been intentional about speaking the word over these situations and speaking the word over these these doubting thoughts and unbelieving thoughts and and so praying and fasting and in periods of prayer and fasting you're being intentional about doing those things and so when it comes to stuff like bigger things that you're believing for in fact no I don't want to call it bigger things because I don't want to like you know big up the devil and say that he's a big guy because he's really not because Jesus has defeated him but when it comes to stuff that like you might be believing for like healing deliverance um a provision for your situation um what else is there I don't know protection like also when it comes to some of these things that you might be believing for our eyes see one thing right but you know the the word also tells us to walk by faith and not by sight. So our eyes see one thing and the thing that we're seeing, that might even be the thing that triggers some of these like doubtful thoughts. But what we've got to do then is we've got to speak faith. We've got to speak the word over the things that we can see. So we say, even though I see this, I walk by faith and not by sight. The word of God says A, B, C, D, E, F, G. And at the more that we're able to, in a way, like exercise, like I feel like that's a muscle as well that we're exercising there, like the more that you, you kind of learn to do that, the more that you exercise that muscle and you're, whenever a doubt, a doubtful thought or like unbelief pops up, then you speak the word and boom, you know, that, that's taken care. That's your, that's your rep, your first rep. Then you do it again. That's your second rep. You do it again. That's your third rep. The more we do that, like we're building up this, this like faith muscle in a way we're building it up, we're beefing it up, we're beefing up this faith muscle that's like built on the concrete word of God because we're looking at scriptures in order to build this faith and then all those doubtful thoughts and so on over time like they will diminish and they become less and less and less and less um, over time and it, it, it does us, it does us so good. Um, a, a funny, oh my gosh, like okay this is hilarious right, so I, I got into running and I really, I really love running um, and have properly run like for a while because like I broke my well my ankle got like you know injured and it, it put me off for a bit but I, I used to get into like really like like running like 5k's 10k's um and I'd love it but when I first started running and I first did like couch to 5k I would keep like I had this like man- mantra that I made up and I, I think I kind of kerfuffled it a little bit but as I was running and like obviously like you get these thoughts of like oh I'm tired I want to stop and I'd say to myself I can run through Christ it gives me strength (laughs) and I don't know why I said that but I was just kind of it was just it just motivated me so I was like you know what I'm gonna run with it I'm I'm gonna run with it anyway sorry being cheesy but yeah so I would just say this to myself like as I was running like I can run through Christ it gives me strength I can run through Christ it gives me strength and I found that over like a few weeks whenever I was running the thoughts that I used to get like earlier in the days when I first started running where I'd be like oh I'm tired I want to stop can I just not can I those thoughts became they lessened over time like I would get them less and less and less and less and I was like why am I I don't get these like thoughts like anymore like like whenever I 
like start to run like now when I start to run I don't really think oh no the only reason I might like stop is because like I'm exhausting myself and my body's like physically not able to but it's not because of my mental thoughts and those thoughts anymore it's just because of my body and so I found like the more I did that like my my mind would just like I'd just be able to run more and I like I'd be able to run freely and, and not have these like doubtful thoughts in a sense and so in that way as you're working that muscle and as you're speaking the word of God over any doubtful thoughts over time they just start to weaken and weaken and weaken and you find that you'll be more and more empowered to to um to have faith you'll be more and more empowered to 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 believe only and so you'll be able to do so much more and so kind of as I like bring these this to a close um I wanted to kind of like cover how you can decide what it is that you should fast, right? Because there's so many different things that you can fast out there. So write these four slash five questions down in order to determine what's good for you to fast in this season, in your praying and fasting season, whenever you choose to do it. And by the way, you can pray and fast anytime. You don't have to just do it when the church does it or just do it when whatever community is doing it. But you can decide to do it anytime for yourself. And in fact, doing regular praying and fasting time like, you know maybe like once a month you dedicate a day to like praying and fasting or like one like a week like every couple of months or something it's fantastic and it's great for you to just do for your own faith building okay so write down these four questions we actually talked about this at church in our small groups during our during our praying and fasting session I just thought it was brilliant so the first question is consider what things absolutely draw you away from Jesus the second thing to consider is what things distract you from Jesus or cause you to grow numb. The third thing is what things become excuses for not spending time with God in your Bible. And the fourth thing is what things cause you to lose faith slash hope or like what things cause you to not believe. And so on the flip side of that, the fifth question then is what things encourage you to have faith? And whatever you see in those first four questions, whatever trends and stuff that you're spotting in them, you might have the same answer for like a few different ones. Those are the things that you can fast. Those are the things that you can choose to intentionally deny and give up for a short period of time in order to seek God more and in order to spend more time in his word and like be praying and spending more time in his word during the, the praying and fasting season. And then... With that fifth question of what things encourage you to have faith, that's what you can do more during that praying and fasting time. In fact, I encourage you to do those things more every day. And it's actually great because it builds faith. And so that's the best thing to do. But particularly during the time that you choose to pray and fast, really focus in on doing those things. So yeah, I really hope that you enjoyed this. Um, <laughs> I wanted to call it a short podcast. I thought it'd be short, but it's not. It's like almost an hour long so i hope you enjoyed this this podcast and that it helped you in some type of way um if you like this podcast then just certainly subscribe i'll put all the episode notes so like the notes from this um on my website which is www.simplyrejoice.co.uk so you can just hop on there and get like a quick summary notes of uh, a few of these as well as the scriptures that i mentioned um follow me on instagram you can connect with me on there let me know your thoughts your comments anything else any questions that type of thing as well and um, of course you can also subscribe to my youtube channel if you want to see shorter version videos <laughs> and in all of this just remember that if you are a born again christian then you are so incredibly blessed by god so yeah i'll catch you in the next episode Engine.